1: Hello everyone. Today I'll be chatting with Ashley Bartley. Ashley Bartley is a school counselor, author and curriculum writer. She earned her bachelor's in psychology from the University of Virginia and her master's of education in school counseling from the College of William and Mary. She is the creator of Counselor Station where she develops curriculum and resources for busy school counselors. Ashley lives in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia with her husband and three young boys. She is a new children's book, Molly and the Runaway Trolley that will be released on August 15th with Boys Town Press. In today's episode, we will discuss how you can help your child with time management, how to establish routines in your home to make mornings go more smoothly. We will talk about strategies that would be helpful for a child experiencing separation anxiety, helping your child with the transition to middle school, and much more. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode. This podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right, everyone. Today, we have Ashley Bartley on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here. So we are going to talk about a couple of different things today. And I want to definitely talk about managing time with your kids and how to teach them how to do that themselves. But I really wanted to talk first about when and where and how we should be accessing a school counselor within their school system. Because my child is now in that you know, going into middle school. And then I have a few elementary and there's been a couple of things that have come up. And a few friends of mine were like, oh, well, did you access your school counselor yet? And it's funny they said that because I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of it. Like I myself, obviously growing up would access my school counselor, right? But as a parent, when certain things come up and the school counselor is not yet involved, it's such a great tool. So I would love for you to kind of go over like what are the main things that parents go to you for and kind of like what about your job is like underutilized? Like what could we be using you more for?
0: Yeah. So I love my job as a school counselor. I've done it for 15 years now. And most schools, I don't want to speak for every school division, but most schools have at least one school counselor at the elementary, middle, and high school levels. So no matter what age your child is, even preschool, a lot of times, well, not like a private preschool, but if it's a public preschool, you know, whatever age your child is, you should have, you know, the, the resource of a school counselor in the school building. I would typically suggest to reach out to the child's teacher first. With concerns, just to kind of see what they're observing in the classroom, you know, if it's something you're seeing at home, for example, and you want to know if it's going on in the classroom, reach out to the teacher first, just because they would be more likely to know. And then a lot of times the teacher will refer to the school counselor we get i get a lot of um, parents who call me directly because their pediatrician actually sent them to me. So if their child has like anxiety about school or separation or anything like that, it's becoming harder and harder to actually like get into a community counselor, you know, just with the wait lists and stuff. So we're seeing them refer the kids back to us. Now, a school counselor isn't supposed to be providing therapy in the school building like you know you can't say like oh could you meet with my child once a week for the whole school year you know we just we have such big caseloads that we can't take on like clients but but typically we we can offer individual sessions with a kid so if you know maybe your parents are going through a divorce or your pet died or you're having a friendship issue with a classmate or you're you don't know how to study for a test and you or you have test anxiety anything like that, you could talk with a school counselor, you know, one-on-one, the child could talk one-on-one with the school counselor. We also offer groups. So about a third of our time is spent giving groups. And so we might do like a study skills group or a, like a banana splits divorce group, or we do friendship groups and anxiety groups and just all kinds of things. And then we also see the kids in the classroom for a third of our time. And so They get to know us, and we usually school counselors will introduce what they do to the kids, so then they can, you know, they can request to see us. And so I get a lot of kids who who fill out little forms that you know they want to come and talk with me about something. But I would say if it's like something small, maybe that could be handled in just a few sessions, that would be a great time to reach out to the counselor. So if like your child's being bullied, or they got in a fight with a friend, or there's a kid on the bus, you know, that's causing problems or they're worried about something, you know, anything like that, that would be great to just shoot them an email or a call, kind of give a little bit of background. And if, especially if it's something that's affecting them at school. So like if they're having a hard time focusing in class because their dog died the night before, you know, just give in the counselor a heads up and we can check in with the student. But yeah, we, we kind of see all kinds of things. <laughs> Yeah, no,
1: it's I mean, it's really great. I wanted to go into depth a little bit. So say your child is having an issue with other kids at school, or maybe one particular child at school, will you kind of like meet with the child first? And then do you sometimes like put together a group with like, with maybe the child that is, is the issue, and then also the other child and kind of have like this, like round table to talk to them both? Or do you typically just work one on one?
0: So in that case, like if a parent reached out to me and said, you know, my child is having an issue with this other kid in their class, I would talk to just the the parent's kid first and I would kind of see what's going on. And if they felt comfortable talking to the other kid kind of in like a mediation setting with me, then what I would do is I might, you know, have them practice what they want to say or, or, you know, talk about some of the main concerns. And then I would also get the other child and ask them if they would feel comfortable talking to the first child like together in my office and my office is a safe place you know they're not in trouble i would be there and if it's okay with the with both kids then you know i'm happy to pull them together and i wouldn't even call that a group that would just be like a little mediation where i would give them space to kind of talk through things and And I never and I always tell them, like, I it's not my job to make you be best friends or, you know, but you do have to be able to get along at school. So what can Mm -hmm. we do to try to help you get along at school?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are there any certain like education requirements for like just the position of a school counselor? Does it vary like school to school or district to district or is it always the same?
0: It varies state to state. So I'm in Virginia. So to get a Virginia school counseling license, I had to you know, finish my undergrad and then complete a two-year master's program and complete internships at every school level. So I did three. I did like a practicum in a high school and then an internship for a semester at a middle school and then another internship at an elementary school.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. significant. Yeah. I was talking with a friend and she was telling me how... Oh, my gosh. I don't know if it was the high school or what, but, like, she went to the school counselor to see if they could help out with something, and then she realized she was, like, oh, like, first of all, the person's really, really young, but the only experience they have is, like, as a camp counselor. (laughs) Like, they don't have any, like, college experience.
0: Sometimes that we have, like, I know my school has, like, a therapeutic day treatment program, and then we also have, like, a school-based outpatient counseling program, and they come in, they're, like, contracted through the community, and they are... Their home base is kind of in our school, but they're not affiliated with the school division, I guess. And their training is different, but, you know, usually they either have their LPC or something else, but. I I mean, I was a camp counselor too, but that wouldn't have gotten me anywhere.
1: (laughs) That's what I said.
0: I was like, oh, that's wild. (laughs)
1: Never heard of that.
0: Yeah. Because there's so many things that would be a liability. Like, you know, if a kid discloses, they're going to harm themselves or someone's hurting them. Right. you You
1: have to have the experience to know how to deal with that and know, you know, what steps come next. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So I just, I wanted you to kind of touch base on that because I just feel like, Just the utilization of counselors in general is, especially. I mean, I feel like they're they're definitely utilized well, like at the high school level, but even like at at the elementary level, like that it can be such a great tool for so many different things, like you mentioned. So, don't forget to touch base if you think that that might be good for your child or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. So. Let's talk about time management because we know how big this can be in our own lives, right? Like managing our time. And, you know, as we kind of shift into different phases of our life, like our time management obviously varies very differently. Before I had kids, my time management was, it's funny because my husband and I talk about this all the time. Before kids, we felt busy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so weird, right? Like we have four kids. I felt, so busy before I had kids. And I so
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's all relative. And it's just what you have on your plate. Like I also worked a ton more, like I was working like 60 hours a week and I was doing overnights and it was just, it was a lot different and priorities shift. And yeah, so it's, it's crazy. And I feel like obviously teaching our children how to manage their time well can be tricky. And it's like this free flowing thing, right? Because a child's life, like, during the school year is very different from like a child's life during the summertime. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how we can be helping our children, you know, with their time management?
0: Yeah. So I, I work a lot with our fifth graders at school on time management just to kind of get them ready for middle school. And so what I do is I use the analogy of juggling balls and I like bring juggling balls in, but I, I, show how like one represents, you know, your homework. One represents the chores or responsibilities you might take on at home. And then one represents like your fun stuff. And I say how like, you know, with practice, you can juggle all three things. But if you don't have a plan or you haven't practiced, then you kind of just drop everything. And I kind of feel like that's how it is with screens. You know, I tell them like, if you get home and you just zone out on YouTube, For hours or on, you know, just whatever, TikTok, then you like, you just missed out on like hours that you could have been, you know, doing something else. And so I say like, you know, it's not like you have to get your homework done right when you get home, but like have a plan for how you'll spend your time after school. So maybe you'll get home and have a snack and go outside for a little bit if you know that you have like soccer practice or something different that night, then you'll want to think ahead to, you know, when you're going to have dinner, when you're going to do your homework, when you're going to shower, all of those things so that you don't kind of get lost in your screens for hours and hours. And then all of a sudden you haven't done anything and it's time for bed. Um, so I guess there's a couple different ways to like, think about, you know, your time. I always say, you know, as a family, I think that it's important for the family to come up with what matters to them and kind of guard their time for that. So like, you know, if it's really important to have dinner around the table with your family every night or a certain number of nights a week, then, you know, you really have to say no to a lot of things to protect that time. Or if sports, you know, are really important to you, then then that's kind of where you focus and you might have to say no to a few other things in order to guard that. So it's just a matter of like, you know, prioritizing what's important to your family Saying no to things that you know are going to get in the way of what's really important to you, and kind of free up that white space so that kids can then learn how to like fill in that time with you know something fun or their homework or their responsibilities or things like that. I also like to do the like habit stacking that James Clear talks about in his book Atomic Habits. Where oh, I haven't read that it's, yet. It's been on my list for so been long. Good. It'll be a quick read. In like with my kids, you know, they'll, they might say, like, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth. And so I'll say, well, why don't you pair it with something you already do, you know, in the morning? Like, you know, why don't you do that when you're getting your backpack or something? And they'll say, well, you know, my backpack's downstairs. And I'll say, well, then why don't you keep a toothbrush down in the downstairs bathroom? You know, just kind of like figuring out those little pain points and creating little systems to kind of create those routines. Um, can be a good way to help your your child. And I know it's hard with, I mean, sometimes sometimes when my kids are all like elementary, middle school age. And so we have this little like time timer that we use for different things. Like when they're in the shower, you know, sometimes they'll set it just so they're not in there forever and it'll go off when, and, and it shows like how much time is left. So for my littlest one, he's six, he can see like how much time he has left in the little red zone. So that can also be a good tool for time management too.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, my ten year almost ten year old needs that. She would be in there forever. I'm like, well, what is going
0: on? Yeah. Well, I'm doing my hair, and then I'm doing the conditioner, and then I'm I'm like, but still, <laughs> and that's true for ten year old boys. too. Exactly. My mine's in there doing his hair forever. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: it's so funny. I mean, my so my boy is almost six as well, but he he'll like it's so funny. We only have we have a sh- like a half shower, and then we have like a regular tub. And he'll like, no matter where he is, it could be the tub or it could be our half shower. He like, will go gather like every toy under the sun. And I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh, here we go. There we and go. it's like the boat and the truck and the, everything inside the half shower. I'm like, okay, are we going to be in here for like the whole rest of the night or like what are we
0: No, and I, I went in the other day and like the playing had happened and the soap had not happened. <laughs> oh, every single time. Oh, oh every single time.
1: I'm like, have we done anything yet? No. Wait, what? I am I in the shower? Like I've forgotten.
0: (laughs) Right, right. And like the room was so steamed up that I could barely breathe. And I was just like, Where's the soap? (laughs) Yeah. No soap.
1: No, there's never any soap. I know. And he'll like play in the tub and I will he hates it because I'll run in there and I'll like throw the bubbles in because at least then the bubbles are like helping him get clean, right?
0: There you go. Instead of just
1: sitting in stagnant water perfect and he's like why are you doing that I like to be able to see to the bottom of the tub so I can see the cars and the boats and the I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) even the bubbles are a no-go Sounds like
0: a parenting hack though it's like how you know some people say oh I took them to the pool they're clean
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I mean yeah they are. <laughs> What's clearer than a bunch of chlorine?
0: So, oh, should we be focusing
1: on like time management, even with our like littler ones, like in elementary school? Like, are, is there anything that's like maybe on the easier side that we can like kind of start them off with to kind of get them geared up to kind of like handle their time a little bit better?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, all my kids this past year were all in elementary school, so they just finished kindergarten, second, and fifth. Um, and, you know, we use like the little time timer, like I was saying, for showers. Screen time is huge, I feel like, with elementary school kids. Like, we use timers and parental controls and all kinds of things for that. Homework, you know, I think as a parent, it's important to kind of notice how much time your child's spending on homework. And if it's, you know, if it's a big concern, like I remember one time, one of my kids spent like hours on their homework, and I reached out to the teacher. And I was like, is this, is this typical for, you know, this grade level? And she was like, oh no, I don't know what's going wrong. They, they should not be spending, you know, X amount of hours on the homework. Hold on. So then we kind of went over it. It could be that, you know, just paying attention to what they're spending time on and noticing like, okay, you need to move things along or something is off. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a great thing to try to introduce. And like I was saying, I'd I work with my fifth graders on it a lot just because when they get to middle school they'll have even more, you know, opportunities to do different things and I want them to not feel overwhelmed with all the choices if they've said yes to every single thing.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. This podcast episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well simple with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. They've expanded their menu and you can now choose from 30 recipes weekly. If you want to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box, that's no problem. You can order vegan for one day and keto the next if you choose. They also offer 10 minute lunches which include convenient low prep lunch recipes that are great for busy days. Green Chef makes busy nights easier by providing the exact ingredients needed to make really quick, delicious meals. We've tried quite a few, and they are always straightforward and minimally time-consuming. Personally, I love Green Chef's quick and easy meals like the spicy chicken broccoli stir-fry and the blackened chicken salad with dijonaise. You can save time by cutting down on meal planning and grocery shopping by having meals delivered straight to your door. Green Chef is also the only meal kit that is carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint, as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. To try Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash lindsey60, that's L-Y-N-Z-Y 60, and use the code lindsey60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. So our, our oldest is going into middle school this upcoming year, and... I'm trying not to like, and you've already made that jump, but like, <laughs> I'm trying not to forget about it. Cause it's like, you hear all these stories of like, oh, they'll have a blast, but at the same time, like things get much more complicated from like a social yeah. aspect, but like, how can I prepare both myself and my child, like for that transition, you know, like, I feel like that's such a huge jump from being like, you know, like a younger kid in elementary school to like this. You know, middle of the road. Like I'm starting to take on more responsibility, and you know everything that comes along with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you because my my oldest is going to sixth grade next year, and I know with with the fifth graders at my school, like I talk to them a lot about, you know, you know, next year will be harder, but you'll also be older, and you'll hopefully be a little bit more mature and like smarter, and especially with like homework and things like that, they get really overwhelmed thinking about maybe the amount of homework they'll have in middle school. So I remind them, you know, that um, they'll be older and smarter and they can, you know, handle things kind of a little bit at a time. The social part, you know, I guess it depends like where my where where my students go to school, like half of the school goes to one middle school and half goes to another, which can be kind of scary for some kids, but it can also be exciting. So just like as a parent, just be open to them and like talk about what they're worried about and you know you can joke around with them with stories from when you were in middle school sometimes that normalizes some of their fears about middle school i know like i always ask the fifth graders we do a whole big unit on transitioning to middle school and they their number one fear is always getting stuffed in a locker and forgetting their locker combination and i feel like once i address this and, and I say, like, I worked in a middle school and never have I ever seen any kid ever stuffed into a locker. And I show them pictures of what the lockers look like at their, like, two different schools we go to, like, real pictures. I'm like, you, can, you wouldn't even be able to fit in these things. But and then I I get them combination locks to practice with, too. And so I have, like, a class set and they practice. And then once they get that, they just for some reason, it just gives them a whole confidence about middle school. They know they've mastered that lock and if they haven't, they can either practice with me or they can buy one, you know, to work on over the summer. But just kind of like normalizing their worries about middle school. They you know, they like to know that other kids have the same fears they do. So I go over like common worries that kids have about middle school when I talk with them. I try to answer as many questions as I can. I take them on a tour of the middle schools. I let them like meet the different teachers and the new principals and um, things like that. I don't know if yours is offering this, but I know this the middle school my son is starting. They're going to like a middle school, like sixth grade camp next week. And so they'll get to like, see the other kids and meet them and take another tour. They've already taken a couple tours of the school, but they'll do another one. And I'm not sure what that's really
1: cute to kind of just put them
0: into the like,
1: you know, just into the space and get them kind of used to it. We did have, so mine. So it's, this is where all of the schools, well, I say all the schools, there's only two now, but two, the two elementary schools now join to one. So it's like, now there's going to be twice as many kids as there was for the last, you know, a couple of years. So, it can be I feel like overwhelming from like the social aspect just to like have that many more people that you may or may not know. I mean they they might know each other from sports and things like that, but from not everyone. The other thing I think is funny so they they have lockers and I'm like what do kids even need lockers for now?
0: <laughs> like
1: especially like I guess in the wintertime, like their jackets and stuff but I'm like they don't have books. <laughs> like
0: what are they yeah. putting in there? Well, usually okay. I'll just say like, you know, I have them glance over at their cubbies and like typically like whatever you're putting in your cubby, that's probably what you'll put in your locker. So they like look over and see their backpacks and. Right. And right. Dresses, exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just funny because like you think back to like, you know, when we were in school, like my locker had all of my books and I'd have to go to my locker after every class to get yeah. my new, my next book.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's so weird that like, I don't know, those are gone. <laughs>
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're folders. Who knows?
1: <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I'm like,
0: I, what are you guys putting? I think there? they're just excited though to have their own space. I think kids always get really excited, but worried too. With just oh, well, and I think with middle school, there's just so much unknown. And once they get there, and they're there the first day, I think they, you know, they they see where to go, they see where their classes are, they see who their teachers are. It's like a lot of worries are. Or kind of solved that for those first couple days of school. It's just when you don't know, you don't know, and your brain kind of comes up with all these different worries that aren't even things Mm -hmm. that need to be worried about. But Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do the same thing as adults. Yeah, exactly.
0: now, I know this can happen, obviously,
1: with older kids, but like, especially with like the younger kids or like the introduction into kindergarten and elementary school, like what are some strategies that parents can use to help ease a child's like worries and fears going into kindergarten, Like, you know, and that separation anxiety they might experience?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess a lot of parents, you probably already, they might already know if their child is more like... You know, just showing more symptoms of separation anxiety. Maybe they've tried to drop them off like in in the nursery or preschool or somewhere before. And if they do notice, or they kind of are guessing that maybe their kids might have, might just kind of have a, a more difficult time transitioning. You, they could practice a few things ahead of time before school starts. So you know, practice like the separation. So practice. Maybe they could go spend some time with grandparents or on a play date. Or, you know, if you go to the gym and you drop your kids off, like at the gym daycare, anything like that where they're just separating for a few hours so that they can learn that, you know, things are okay, you will come back to get them. That'll just kind of build that trust for the separation when they go to kindergarten. And then, honestly, like some of the same advice with fifth graders going into sixth grade, like, If you can bring your child to the school ahead of time and let them meet their teacher and see their desk and see their cubby and kind of know what to do when they get off the bus or out of the car, those are all going to help, you know, especially the little ones just to have a better experience. I always tell the story of like we had this little girl who started new at our school and she was actually in first grade going into first grade and she came. And she practiced getting out of her mom's car and walking to her teacher's classroom like a dozen times before school started, you know, like a week ahead of time. And then on the first day of school, I watched and she marched right into the building and she knew exactly where to go and she was not worried at all. So like just being proactive ahead of time, really that little girl. And I just was like so proud of her. (laughs) So cute. Yeah, Yeah, I do think. Yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like
1: and I don't know if you've experienced this, too, but like, my son he's so great like he loved going to school where he was at his like little pre-k but we've done a few things at his new school this upcoming new school for this year and he was a totally different kid he didn't want to go he was like where where are you putting me he was distraught you know so i've been bringing him back and bringing him back and he you know he has his two older sisters that just went through that school but it's still like I feel like it needs to be this like repetitive, this is gonna be your new school and like let's walk through it and and just trying to expose them as much as possible beforehand because I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable being that age and just marching in and coming off the bus and not knowing where to go. And yeah, that's scary, you right. know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And also I I'll just add too that I notice it's just as hard, if not harder, sometimes for us as parents to drop off our kids. And so As the parent, I know it's really hard to do, but just like saying a quick goodbye, maybe having a special hug that you do as like a signal that, you know, you're leaving and then go and don't like linger or don't sneak away. But also don't linger um, because that's going to like draw it out and and make it, you know, 100 times harder. And you can always have the teacher like send you a little message, you know, later just to check in and say, hey, you know, just want to let you know that your child is doing great. They're settled in They're They've gotten into the activity and they're doing just fine to kind of help ease your your own <laughs> anxious heart. yeah, Your own worries. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, as soon as the kid can get into the classroom, a lot of times, you know, it just takes a couple minutes to get settled. And then they're so busy and distracted. We I mean, we do we do have a few kids who cry and cry and cry and in in extreme cases, we might have to like shorten the school day for them and then just kind of like slowly introduce longer days. But typically, you know, kids seem to get settled pretty quickly if the parent doesn't linger, drag Mm -hmm. on the goodbye. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that can always be pretty tough. And I, as the parent, I feel like I've always been told like, no, no, just, just drop and go. Like we got this, you know, just trust us with your kid because yeah, I feel like, I mean, I've experienced like whenever I've lingered, it just doesn't ever turn out good. I remember I went to my, my um, child's school for like, it was like just this like mother's day. She'd done great all year, right? Leaves me, goes into the school. I go in, to celebrate Mother's Day. Like they had this like Mother's Day thing. So I go into her school. I'm there for like two hours. Wouldn't let me leave. That whole rest of the week wouldn't leave, wouldn't go to school. It's just funny because it's like, she's like, oh, wait, my mom can come in here and hang out with me. Well, now I'm not going back to the other way. Like
0: (laughs) that happens sometimes with parents who come and eat lunch with their kids. Especially when it's the kids that have a really hard time in the mornings and i see them walk in and uh, i am just like oh this is sweet but oh no this is going to be a train wreck this and it is always so is bad.
1: yeah yeah no my our 7 year old does that cuz i was the the like they call them room moms i don't know if they call them like yeah i was the room mom this year and she's just set that personality like my oldest never she was like oh cool mom's here but she like didn't like when i left she was like okay bye see you later but our other daughter is not that way she's like where are you going? You can't leave, you know. So I'm like, oh yeah. man, maybe I shouldn't. Like, this is probably the last year I can do this <laughs> room <laughs> mom thing because it's just not like she loves me being there, but then she can't do the separation afterwards. Yeah, so it's like not. Yeah, not it is time. amazing
0: how differently it is just between you and kids.
1: Yeah, I know it's so so crazy. I want you to talk a little bit about like what. Like what kind of a routine or how do we establish a routine in the mornings to make life just a tiny bit easier for us? Well, not just us, but like Mm -hmm. us as moms, because I feel like the mornings can just be the most stressful part of the day, trying to get everybody ready and out the door. And it's like, no matter how many times you kind of go over, like what needs to happen, it's still stressful, right? Like I just... Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's like you can't, you know, you can't mentally check something off because if you tell your child to do it and they don't do it and you've kind of moved on and forgotten about it, then it just doesn't happen. No, no, um,
1: it doesn't.
0: So I we've done a few things at my house just to make the mornings go smoothly and so this of course is not like what anyone has to do. I'm just going to share a few ideas that we've done. So one thing I do when I wake up in the mornings is I load the car first. So that when it's time to leave, I just need the children. Like I don't need any of their stuff. I don't need any of my stuff. Everything is already in there. We just get in and go. And so I literally like I wake up and I go downstairs and everything goes in the car. So then in order to do that, everything has to be ready the night before. And so I know a lot of people do this. Any kind of decisions that have to be made, we try to make them the night before. So, you know, We look at like, okay, what special do you have? Is it a PE day? Is it a special field day? Is it like a a themed day where they need to wear tie-dye? You know, anything like that, we've kind of dealt with at least the night before, if not like the Sunday before. Same with like lunch choices, you know, are you packing or are you buying? If you're buying, what are you getting? If you're packing, you know, we go ahead and do that the night before and have everything ready to go. All they have to do is like add an ice pack we fill water bottles the night before we try to like pick breakfasts that are pretty easy for them to, that they can get on their own um, so that I'm not like interrupting. Cause I, I work at the school too. So like I have to get ready. And so, you know, the less I'm interrupted, the better. So the more they can do on their own, the better. Um, so if they can like go in the pantry or go in the refrigerator and reach something pretty easily and know what their options are, that's going to make the breakfast part go easier or go more easily. And then we try to keep things in like a designated place. So we're not like looking for their backpacks in the morning. They're just always by like, they're they're just always put in the same place when they're packed up with their homework. So that, you know, we can find them really easily first thing in the morning. And then I, again, I think I said it earlier, just like think through your pain points. So if shoes and socks are your pain points, come up with a system for where to put them. That's going to be easy, you know, and that might be, putting them together, having a bin of socks downstairs, you know, near the shoes or. Mm-hmm. so. Or yeah. yeah, That's one of the
1: things I'm always like, where are <laughs> your socks? The, the running upstairs to go get the socks last minute, yeah. always, yeah. always.
0: And see, that was yeah. always interfering with also trying to pack the car. And so that's why I just went ahead and I was like, okay, now I know the car's packed. So if they're just fully dressed then we're ready. And so then we just have to make sure they have their socks and shoes and stuff. And you know like they they started keeping an extra toothbrush in the bathroom downstairs by the garage and they started we put up one of those it's kind of like a hall tree, I guess you'd call it, you know, where they have all their jackets and shoes in little baskets and it's just kind of like a catch-all area for anything like that. So it doesn't even really go far into the house. So that's all right by the door. So just anything, you know, that you can set up to so that there are less decisions that have to be made the morning of, and more more opportunities for the child to be independent, the better. I feel like they're still going to be still going to be stressful. Somehow I it know. still doesn't go perfectly. I know,
1: but you have them like set up all of their backpack stuff the night before, and they're kind of like doing all of that. Yeah, I feel like even just like putting together, just like. Probably this year, we're probably just going to put together like a checklist that's like, okay, every night you can just look at this checklist and say like, okay, do I have my backpack? Do I have an empty folder? Do I have... Because like my kids, four is hard and you have three, so you get it. It's just like, it's a lot of stuff. Like it's just a lot to remember. And my kids, some of them love to give me their papers and some don't. So like I'll be like, where was this? I never got it And like I'd like to think I'm the type of mom that will just go through there but I'm not, I'm just not. like I'm not gonna go through your backpack every single day when you get home. I just barely kind of squeak by getting getting you to school with everything you need. So yeah, just having like that checklist that's like, did you empty your folder? did you give me all your paperwork? Did you put your water bottle in? did you put a snack in? Did you put you know lunch money or you know your and just having that list that they can just look at it. And if they're not reading yet, you can just like draw a picture or something. Yeah. yeah. And they can just check it and be like,
0: okay, I think that's a great handlers. idea. You could yeah. make it interactive and have like magnets they move or, you know, anything like that. But I mean, I'm the same. I'm, I'm terrible at checking folders. And luckily my kids only bring home folders with stuff I need to look at like on Fridays. And so what they do is they get home on Fridays and they put their folder at the spot where I eat. At, my, at our dining room table because on Fridays we have pizza night and we watch a movie. So we don't eat there. So it's fine if it's like sitting in my spot. And then when I wake up like Saturday morning, there's all their folders and then I can like deal with it then. So that's kind of how I, you know, that's just an example of like a pain point for me and how I just came up with something that would work for us.
1: So I like my son's like preschool did every Friday. I mean, their setup was beautiful. I like just love the school. But yeah, every Friday they would send home the stuff from the week, right? Nope, not the not the girls' elementary school. It's like every day there's more stuff, and I'm like, I I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's some moms that are able to do that, but I'm like, I can't. I just and I just I don't have time to look at papers every night, right? Like, so yeah.
0: Well, and when you have to multiply it times four, you know, if right. that's hours. Right. Hours and like, I don't, I, I don't
1: have time for this. So yeah. I'm like, if there's anything pressing, somebody will just let me know. Right. Like
0: I, <laughs> I just, I don't know,
1: maybe there'll be an email or something else going on.
0: I don't think you're in the minority on that one. I mean, in, and my teacher friends and I all talk about it too, that it's, it's hard. I mean, we, we're, we are teachers. We're in the school and we, it's still yeah. hard. It.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just cuckoo. It's so bananas. The last thing I wanted to, t- to ask you, is just out of curiosity as the, as the counselor, do you meet with kids just if they are having issues or asking to meet with you? Or do you meet with like specific groups just based on things that you want them to know or teach them or give them tools or anything? Like, do you,
0: So usually, so if it's something that I want like a whole class to learn, like, you know, like opening lockers and things like that, I save that for the classroom. Like I go into the classroom on a rotation. And then as far as meeting with kids, um, either the child will ask to see me or their parent will ask them, you know, ask me to see them or their teacher will. So typically if I, I mean, if I notice something, you know, walking through the hallways or out at recess, you know, I might just check in with the student right then and there and say, are you doing okay? You know, do you want to come talk with me about something? But typically, you know, I will kind of wait for them to be referred. And that could be just, you know, them asking to come see me. Right. Right. But you will, like, you
1: do do, like, little classroom, just, like, teaching oh, yeah. them things here and there. Cool. I was, yeah, I was, so I was just curious. Yeah, so like,
0: preschool all the way through fifth grade, we do. We, we kind of push into the classrooms or they come to, you know, some counselors have their own classroom. And we do, like mine are, my lessons are 45 minutes and I try to be pretty like preventative with what I teach. So like how to recognize bullying, what to do if you see bullying, you know, how to to use coping skills, how to recognize what feelings you're having. Like there's just like so many different topics. Actually, there's like so many that I wish I had more time in the classroom. Right.
1: I feel like what you teach is so incredibly important, right? And they're not learning that any other way really than experience. And I feel like that's like such an important thing to know about.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of teachers, yeah. And I think teachers, especially after the pandemic, a lot of teachers are trying to do more of that too, just in the classroom. I know our teachers do like classroom or morning meetings with their class and they can, you know, make, learn how to connect with other kids in their class and share concerns they have and, and talk about, you know, their weekends or just whatever, and just kind of to build that community So I know that that is something that is getting, you know, it's not just academics, like it's also those like soft skills too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, is there anything that you wanted to touch on that maybe we didn't talk about?
0: I think we covered a lot. You know, I think that you asked really good questions and I really love that you took the time to ask about just how parents and caregivers can reach out to the school counselor for lots of different things.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I want to ask you two questions that are not related to the topic today. Okay. So the first question is if you could give one piece of advice to moms, what would it be?
0: Hmm. So many things. I know this is cliche. And I had always heard people say, like, you know, when you're a mom, the days are long and the years are short. But I wish what I had really known through that is that the seasons themselves don't last very long. So you may think that, like, oh, we're going to be, like, in the diapering phase forever or we're going to be in, you know, whatever phase for such a long time. And it's like they each just end abruptly. (laughs) And then you're on to the new thing. Which sometimes can be good. Maybe you're excited to be out of diapers or whatever, but other things are like, it's kind of sad. So, like, you know, to move on from one sweet thing to the next. And so I know everyone says this, but like savoring these little things that maybe you think aren't a big deal. I just wish I could go back. Like, I remember um, my oldest son and my littlest. I would have them when I got home from school and my other son was like at a preschool. So my husband picked him up. So I had the two together and they did this little thing called play friends where we would set up a blanket in the nursery and we'd lay the baby on the blanket. And then my four-year-old, they would just like pretend to play together or they would play together, but it was like, you know, a baby playing with a four-year-old and it was just the sweetest time. And in my head, I thought, oh, this will go on forever. And then, you know, one day the baby started crawling and that was the end of Play Friends. <laughs> and so I just, I don't know. I just wish I could really just yeah be present, you know, and try not to like sit there and worry about things or wish I could be doing something else and like just be more present in those, in those moments. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the next question is if you could make one meal for your entire family that everyone would eat, that's relatively quick and easy. What would it be?
0: Mm, Probably tacos. I'm actually not the cook in my family. My husband is. And so, I mean, I can cook, but I don't love it and he loves it and he's good at it. But I think everyone would probably be happy with tacos and it's easy for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, are you guys hard shell, soft shell or both?
0: I am hard shell and my kids are too. And my husband is soft shell.
1: Yeah. I know. So that's kind of that's like kind of like us too. I think my kids love them cuz it kind of tastes like a tortilla chip, you know, like yeah. it's got that crunch. I just like I don't know what it is. Like even as a kid, I was like, "Ugh, I don't want to do the hard shell tacos." I always do the soft shell too. But yeah, I think kids also love it cuz it's just like they get to pick and choose everything they want on it. Yeah. And there's like minimal meals where I feel like you can do that as a kid where it's like you just kind of have these like 10 things and you can like pick and choose what you want to put on there.
0: Um, yeah. like a taco yeah. And, bar or something. yeah.
1: Yeah. Our younger kids just like really thrive off of that. And they have to have everything separate except for when it goes in a taco, they'll like put it all together. Right. Like, <laughs> everything else otherwise cannot right. touch. No, it like literally not. needs to be separated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. All
1: right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, this was fun. Thank you.
1: Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.